Hello and welcome to Royal Bank Ask for More Podcasts. My name's Zara Janjua and I'm your host for this series about female entrepreneurship in Scotland. Every day in Britain, 1,100 new businesses are set up, which is roughly one every 75 seconds. But we need to talk about money because whether you're starting or you're growing your business, you need to get your hands on it. On our podcast, we'll be speaking to the co-founder of Radiant and Brighter, Fiona Matovu, and Tammy Kozlowski from NAF Salon. We'll hear their elevator pitches and get some advice on best practice. Later on, we'll explore various funding options from grants to loans, venture capitalists to angel investors. If you don't know where to start, then here with us is a pretty good place to be. Our guests will give you their top tips for funding and we'll hear some exciting updates about their own ventures. just now and obviously the reason we're here today is to talk about investment um, finding funding essentially and one of the things that you have to do when you are finding funding quite often is looking at pitching and having to pitch your business so um, I've sort of done an introduction to <laughs> your, your businesses and what you do but um, I'd love to hear your elevator pitches for your businesses right. okay so I mean usually I they're pitches. what about 60 <laughs> seconds yeah <laughs> You're, you're ready, you're ready to go. <laughs> well, do you want to go first then? Yeah, And so we have like, so elevator pitches are typically something you would do when you go in to ask for grants or funding. Yeah. Um, lots of investors want to hear them and they usually give you 60 seconds. So I'm yeah. gonna time you, Tammy. Okay, I will say the first bit of my pitch actually relies on you seeing me. So um, I do usually point to my face and my hands and this will make more sense, but it's just so I can engage with the people looking at me. I would try and give audio description, but yeah. let's not complicate things. <laughs> um, okay, but I'll, 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 yeah, we can do it fine. <laughs> just you take it off whenever you're ready. We see our hands way more than we see our own faces during the day. Yet we spend more time and effort on these points to face than we do on these points to hands. <laughs> I'm Tammy Kozlowski and I own a nail care brand called NAF Stuff. We make great products with delicious scents and Instagrammable packaging. We are one of the only nail care brands in the world developed by a team of working nail technicians. I own a multi-award winning nail bar called NAF Salon. We employ 19 skilled staff, have 11,000 clients on our books and 113,000 Instagram followers who we call the NAFIA. We see over 300 clients a week and our technicians spend an average of one hour with each of them, which means we have direct access to our consumers' pain as well as their instant and long-term feedback on our products. Our hero product is a cuticle oil pen that retail for £6 at nafstuff.com. Most people don't think about their cuticles when they're shopping online, but they do when they're getting their nails done, which is why we're currently retailed in over 1,200 salons worldwide. We've been trading for just over a year and turned over £195,000 in our first 12 months. Our vision is to be the number one retail option for nail technicians across the world and to ensure that professional grade hand and nail care products are available to consumers. Woo! I just about did it. Just, yeah. just, just. That was fab. I blame the complete same face and hands. <laughs> You can breathe now. Wow. It's a really, it's a great skill. To follow pitch. that. Yeah. <laughs> the amount you the fitted that into that yeah. is astonishing. I just, I could see you turning more blue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I only have 60 seconds. I need to tell them about everything. No, it right. was fab. Now, Fiona, I'm going to ask you to also do the same. Um, so just start whenever you are ready. Okay. My name is Fiona. And um, I came to Scotland at a time when we did not have paperwork and weren't allowed to work. Diversity is the one thing that we all have in common. 
we are all different. Coming to Scotland meant that I was a migrant and I needed to do something. And so we get to this stage where we want to do something, but nothing is available for you to do. You have to make up your own idea. This is the point. Migrants are natural entrepreneurs, but they do not have any way to start. That's what we do. Radiant and Brighter supports migrant communities, asylum seekers, refugees, anybody really that's looking to do something. So we talk about integration, but integration is about supporting somebody from when they come into the community to when they start a business or they do employment. That is our work. Radiant and Brighter has been supporting over 450 people over the years. Every single year we work with at least 230 people and these people come to us because they don't have anywhere else to go or the services are not relevant to them. This year we have three years of being consistent and being able to be sustainable because we have meaningful investment which means we have the resources that we need and that means that we can support more people. In the country where I come from, we say, if you want to go far, go with others. And so, mm -hmm. if you want to go far, go with Radiant and Brighter, the one organization that's supporting people that need the support. You know, that was lovely. <laughs> oh, I feel <laughs> emotional. <laughs> we, know, we know this is going to be waves, I think, um, mm. in, in this conversation that we're having just now. And I mean, what I would say is, it wasn't 60 seconds, but you, you, kept me, you kept me the entire time. You are quite simply amazing. Um, one of the things that you, you touched on was obviously um, diversity and that your business certainly does help immigrants and uh, refugees, people coming to this country from a range of backgrounds. And I do want to just point out the diversity in the room. Yeah. Obviously, right now, you're mm -hmm. obviously from Uganda. Yeah. And Tammy, you've got a really interesting background. <laughs> so you're from South Africa. Born you, in South Africa. You've got a Polish name and a German passport. Mm -hmm. And, and no Scottish accent. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a, a, um, half Pakistani. So I love what um, Royal yes. Bank has done today in bringing yeah. us all together to, yeah. to share our stories as well. What I find absolutely astonishing is that women launch businesses with an average of 53% less capital than men. Mm. And I think... Um, I'd love to know what you both, you know, when you're starting up a business, what did you both know about investment or finding money? Essentially, that's what we're talking about. Is how do you get money? <laughs> Which is, is like already one of my favourite topics. <laughs> but Tammy, how did, what did you know about um, finding funding before you, you started? Um, I think, like, I think growing up in Scotland, you, you hear about... Um, Princess Trust, Business Gateway, Scottish Enterprise. Mm. You do hear about it a lot, um, whether that's... My mum actually was involved with um, a lot of like courses that they offered whenever I was growing up. So I'd always known that these kind of organisations organizations existed. And then, um, yeah, I feel like you just do just hear about it a lot, but that might just be my upbringing. Um, so I knew these places existed. And when I actually set up my very first business, which was prior to DIY, uh, prior to Salon, it was called DIY Nails, um, I went to the Prince's Trust and um, you basically, you did a few finance classes and then they helped you with the process of applying for a £5,000 grant at the time. Um, I'm not sure if that's how it works now. but So I think early on I was, I actually did have an understanding of the fact that you could go pitch a business idea, um, write your business plan and 
um, receive funding or at least support and funding but I don't think I really understood that the support that came with it and then whenever I set up NAF salon I did need money to to kick it off and it sounds silly but I just thought oh, I can't be bothered writing a business plan <laughs> I can't be bothered I can't yeah. I just I want to ha- I want the idea I've got the idea I know how to do it I just need the money I don't want to sit and write about what I'm yeah. going to do I don't know what I'm going to do how am I meant to know what it's going to look like in three years time so it was a bit of laziness in all honesty so I think I knew the options were available but I, f- I felt like investment and funding and grants and loans and I thought it's a it was a really hard landscape to figure out what was right for you if I'm opening a beauty focused place are they going to take me seriously because if I could go back I would give myself a little bit of time because I hadn't started my business yet and I wasn't busy yet Mm -hmm. so I should have taken the time to look at my options. Mm -hmm. I mean with yourself Fiona you after five years Mm. of not being able to work due to those visa restrictions, you did start looking for work and it was really difficult to find anything because you didn't have anything (laughs) on your CV for the last five years, which is a kind of catch-22 situation. Yeah. So that's ultimately one of the reasons that prompted you to start up your own business. But what did you look for in terms of funding when you first started? So I kind of knew a bit about funding. Like you, I think I knew about Business Gateway because of the work that we've been doing in the community. So I knew a bit about Business Gateway. I didn't know that they do funding though. I just thought they Mm. provide like support. So, and I knew that there is some support. So I did, I did go, but I didn't know that the funding was relevant to me. Mm. I actually didn't think that it was for me. I just thought, you know, maybe people who have big business plans and yep. all these fancy things, you know. <laughs> and like you, I didn't want to do a business yeah. plan. <laughs> so it's a I, lot of work, isn't it? It's yeah. a lot of having to write numbers and stuff down. I remember contacting this uh, this big organization and they were great and they said, we're going to support you. And they sent me like pointers of what mm. I need to do. And all the wording was just something I couldn't relate to. We never yeah, it's the back. wording as well. You're just I was, like, oh. I was so embarrassed to go back and ask what does this mean and what does this mean and what does everything mean? <laughs> so I di- we didn't go back. But we knew a bit about that, but we were, also, we were also challenged because we'd come from a place where we had nothing. And now funding was going to mean that we are begging again. So I thought, mm. I don't want to beg. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about all the other investment options either. So I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about that mm-hmm. one. Besides, how was I going to explain what we are trying to do? And also, everywhere you go, because we're a community interest company, you want to try and explain that this is how it's going to make money. And I just felt like we were more talking about why we are making money rather than this is how it's mm-hmm. going to make money. Mm-hmm. And so it was a bit of a challenge. So then I had to change my mindset to think, actually, I'm bringing something. I'm contributing something. Oh, it's okay for me to be here. Yeah. I thought it wasn't okay for me to be here. Because why should I be here? I'm not an asylum seeker. I'm not yeah. a refugee. So I just think it's like like the the difference in the, our experiences of coming here yeah. is like it actually like it makes me feel really emotional because I feel like you know like had had me and my mum been from a different background, mm. you know like what would our experience have been like? And I just think that's so unfair that we've come from we've come from different countries and mm. i didn't have that experience like i never had to worry about like d- d- do i belong here i've mm. never had that thought and 
Like, I, I'm, it just oh. makes me feel so... It makes me angry yeah. to think of the damage that's being caused yeah. to people that come to this country that are actually looking for support to start new lives that have obviously not yeah. come from... For many of them, not yeah. come from the best of conditions or backgrounds. Mm. And to think that this... You are an incredible woman. You have turned something <laughs> negative into something hugely positive, but not everyone is you and has that ability to do that and I I'm think I'm so that glad you fought for it like, <laughs> yeah. you're so in inspirational you are like, amazing what a Absolutely person to lead amazing. the organization that you do like honestly that's very kind of you to say both of you chose to look at grant funding as, mm -hmm. as an option, which is actually the most popular option for women starting up businesses, mm -hmm. um, much more so than men. And this is obviously the kind of bootstrapping that you do when you're, when you're starting yeah. up a business. Mm -hmm. But one of the other options available is funding from friends and family. Yes. And um, Fiona, you found yourself in, a, in an interesting situation, yes. didn't you, with, with um, investment? Yes, because we decided we were going to do this anyway. And uh, we had friends um, that said, you know, we believe in what you're doing. We like what you're doing. And they decided that they were going to um, give us a donation for the company for, the, for a period of time until we are on our feet and got funding to be able to sustain what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And every month they put in money <sighs> in the business. You have no idea how important that was. How it long were they putting in money? They did it for, I think, about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. and, it w and it was every month. It was a couple. And it wasn't just the fact that they put in the money. It was that it validates what you're doing. It says to you, somebody actually believes it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that was really important. And it, 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 it didn't pay our wages. It mm -hmm. paid for the rent or the mm -hmm. room hire that we did and that kind of stuff. But it was really, really important. And so for us, friends, you know, were uh, a key option to go to Now, initially. obviously, Tammy, you also <laughs> got some uh, some help from someone close to you. Yep, I did. Um, I did. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't, I think a month, a way to do it monthly is incredible because there's like a cap on it. You can um, review it as it's happening. Um, I got... Um, ten thousand pounds from someone that I was close to, and um, I it just it was really helpful at the time. It was really really helpful. It kickstarted the business, and I'm forever grateful for that investment. However, if I again, if I could go back in time, um, I would have gone through a loan option mm -hmm. and done. Um, just kept the family uh, well kept the family aspect out of it really mm. um, I just think I've learned a lot from it and were it to happen yeah. or at least I would go back and ensure that the correct contracts were drawn up um, like points were discussed clearly and um, yeah you, did you have a bit of trouble um, agreeing the amount that was owed back yeah yeah there, there there's it's been a journey um, they are it's had a huge, huge, huge impact on mm. my business and my mental health and um, the value of myself and um, my business. And it's actually had a huge financial impact on my business as it's grown um, because we really are paying back a lot more. I'm paying back a lot more than I initially thought I had to. And that was wow. because um, the initial terms of the contract um, I basically, not that I didn't have any say in them, I, I'm sure that I could have, but I was quite young at the time and I didn't understand the terms of the contract. Wow. Um, 
and it, it's just something that I'm not I, I wasn't I'm not willing to fight I'm not willing to so there was a contract it just mm. you weren't clear on what the conditions were so well it wasn't I was getting free money you know mm. as I thought like I was getting free money and not free money but to me as young and it's easy for me to say that now because I think I was just very naive it's an honest yeah. account of yeah. what your, your mindset was at the time yeah and I, I would if, and I do say it to anybody that is starting a business. A lot of questions I get um, from people that I know will say, I, I really want to start a business. How do I get money? Or I've got X amount of money um, offered from someone. Like, what do I do? And I just think, for me, it's actually not focusing on the money and actually making sure that your business is viable mm. and looking at all your options instead of taking the easy option first. Because yeah. it, it's had a really huge impact on, especially whenever I actually wanted to, get funding to grow the business a bit mm. I couldn't access any of it because I had a deficit um, and still will do for the next 12 months so it'll be five years mm-hmm. by the time my debt's paid off it'll be in five years and wow. I guess it can damage relationships if you're not yeah. clear on terms yeah. beforehand yeah. Uh-huh. Um, which is why one of the other options that you had um, and that people do have obviously is looking for bank loans mm-hmm. um, that wasn't something that you were very keen to look at no was it? no because we had we had experienced debt differently mm-hmm. to yeah. you. We'd experienced debt in a personal capacity. Um, during those five years, we had difficulties with, oh, I can't even begin to tell you, with council tax and all these things. Because, because council tax still has to be paid. Oh, you still it, have to pay it. It doesn't matter you your situation. You are not able to earn money. I mean, oh, it means nothing. So that you debt. You all this. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that debt was, was, was there. Mm-hmm. And they came to ask for it and we didn't have anything. The bailiffs stand up and we had nothing. So mm-hmm. what they then decided was the moment we got our paperwork, we had to start paying that debt plus all the other debt. So we then started from a negative, a huge negative. I mean, for a good part of seven years, we were paying £750 in debt a month. Oh, it's eye-watering, isn't it? And so, yes, and we are in business and all that. And I remember one time, actually, when we went to um, apply for funding with one of the organisations, and they had done a check, and they said, we know your council tax debt. And I thought, what? They get to know all this stuff. And I was so mortified and so embarrassed and ashamed. So coming from that background, um, we've now paid off the debt. That's all fine. Well done. But we had to take real serious. um, We had to hold back from a lot of things Mm -hmm. to be able to pay that debt. And we we, we were good at paying and disciplined and all that. We're quite disciplined in that way. But the challenge was that when you come from that background and you're being told, take a loan, you have to think twice about mm-hmm. it. You have to think about, do I really want to take on another debt? Mm-hmm. And so that is why grant funding became our first option. And that is why we went for that. And that's been very helpful. You are such a dignified woman that I can imagine being told mm. um, that you owe money and, and being in that situation would have been very, very hard for you. And I can, I can see that that lit that fire for you to (laughs) to get yourself out um in terms of risks um do you consider yourself to be risk averse because it's something that as women we're quite often told that we are not as willing to take risks as men and especially when it comes to business see the risk thing it it says to me the same question around confidence are you are you, are you risk of us? I'm not risk of us. I started mm-hmm. a business on nothing. 
We now have staff members. We are five full-time staff members in the business. We, we have taken the risks. There are times when, there's a time when we were, we were looking at funding and it became complicated, the relationship became complicated and we had to call back and say, you know what, we're just gonna leave the fund. So we, we do take risks, but it is calculated risk. And it's not that I'm risk of us, it's the fact that do I have confidence in the processes and the systems that they will trust me and look after me? Mm -hmm. That's the question we need to ask. So if you had the money in your hand, it's your money and you can do what you want with it, you're yes. gonna risk it. But yes. if, it's, if it's a bank loan, let's yeah. say that it's not something that at this stage you're prepared, yes. to, prepared to do. Yes. Um, Natami, you didn't opt for a bank loan either, no. but you found a few other options. Yeah, so um, as we were growing the business, um, we and we were growing our team, we obviously, you know, each nail technician has to use uh, like an LED lamp to cure their gel polish. And the the lamps we were using at the time were £300 each. So um, when we hired in four new staff members, that was... <laughs> £1,200 added to the maths there. Um, <laughs> and you know you have to buy a kit for all those people and you have to um, accommodate everyone. So um, we, I did not know where to turn for funding because I thought I can't, I can't go to the bank and say, which I mean I now know that I could have done, but at the time I thought I can't go to the bank and say oh, I've got four new people starting, I need to buy them some lamps. Um, so actually at the time, so we take all of our card payments in the salon through PayPal, which everybody advised me against. They said, don't take it through PayPal, um, get a get a card machine, um, which I think does work in some instances. But luckily we were using it and um, started using the PayPal working capital, which was such an incredible help for the business. So basically what it does is... Um, you apply for a loan, so I think at that point we applied for £6,000 to just get everything and to like do up the salon a little bit. Um, so we applied for £6,000 and what it does is it looks at the money that's come in through your PayPal account, through your card sales, mm -hmm. um, and it judges whether or not you'll be able to pay that back in a decent amount of time. And how. Mm -hmm. So actually it's predicted, it was said, you'll be able to pay this back in five months. Yeah. And there was another source of funding that you looked at funding circle yeah i so for whenever i opened um started naf stuff um we were looking to get our products manufactured so we needed an initial order of ten thousand units um which obviously required capital to do so i mean it was money that we hadn't managed to save up from the salon so um i looked at funding circle I applied for the loan but because it was a startup business, they, even though we had proven sales because we actually started the business within NAF Salon first and then we opened a new company once we tested the products, even though we had proven sales um, traffic from the website, they just as a rule wouldn't, um, wouldn't give us any funding until we were, I, I can't even remember exactly, but I think it was at least six months. I mean, Funding Circle, for, for anyone that doesn't know, is a, it's an online marketplace that yeah. uh, enables investors to offer money directly to small company, com companies. So businesses can get up to £1 million yeah. in the UK. But it obviously highlights you're not having success when it comes to funding is quite a normal thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Although yeah. you have just had some great news recently, yeah. haven't you? Well, so I'm currently um, in the process of um, pitching for Scottish Edge. So... 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I got, I just on Friday, I found out that I got through to the finals, which is on the 3rd of December. Wow. Congratulations. So, thank you so much. This is wonderful news. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually pitching for £100,000, which sounds like an astronomical amount of money um, for a business that sells cuticle oils, but our manufacturing costs are just so high, and everyone's saying, if you win what are you going to do with £100,000? And I was like, well, actually, manufacture seven cents and then it'll be gone. <laughs> so, uh, it yeah. just slips through your fingers, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it totally does. So, um, But the the process has been incredible. I feel like I've really ripped my business apart. I've been challenged on every aspect of my business, yeah. which is the thing, the very things that I was terrib- terrified about before, yeah. when I very, whenever I wanted to get in, think about investment or getting a loan or getting funding, um, I was terrified of someone ripping the business apart, but it's actually, it's been great having someone rip the business apart and having teams of people, like I'll pitch my pitch in front of everyone, I'll put my application in anyone's hands just for them to pick holes in it so that I can, if I'm ever challenged on it, yeah. I can be like, I know the answer to that one. It's a great way to think yeah. critically about yeah. your business and what yeah. you do to find yeah. those gaps so that you can justify them, so yeah. that you can you know, even overcome them. Yeah. You're listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More podcasts, breaking down the barriers to women starting and running successful businesses, presented by me, Zara Janjua. One of the, the terms whilst I was researching this that I, that I loved learning about was angel investors (laughs) yes because I just felt like it said a lot Mm. really but um is it something that you had considered so angel investors essentially they come in either to help businesses start up or to grow Mm. and they usually would come with conditions so Mm. um it would be after a certain amount of time that you would either do a merger or an acquisition or you know you would sell your company you would do uh, initial public public offering um but they obviously do demand higher um, return on investment than other methods. Is this something that you looked into? Is it something that you considered? Actually, it's something I'm aware of. Yeah. And it's something that I did briefly look into. But it's a bit challenging <laughs> to actually think about it as an option as well. The reason being that Again, my background and my understanding of business startup is slightly different. Uh, can I just say as well that the first time we were recognized for a fund, we were recognized for the innovation fund, particularly because the way we were doing it was very different. And so mm-hmm. our results were really good. But everybody was going, oh, that's really nice what you're doing. It's great. <laughs> How you do it is fantastic. Your results are good, but uh, not sure we can put money into mm-hmm. what you're doing. And so the innovation partnership is what put money initially into what we do. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it was different. And sometimes when you think about, so it's great to have angel investors, but then I would then start thinking about how they understand um, not just gender diversity, but ethnic diversity and all the other forms of diversity, mm-hmm. because I'm going to come in thinking differently, perhaps mm-hmm. talking differently, perhaps not the typical person to be invested in. And I know that pitching is great, but when I'm pitching, you must understand I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pitch in Scottish English. I'm pitching with an accent. I'm mm-hmm. probably pitching from a different perspective. It might sound really good, but will it sound like a viable business? And is it because I am different or is it because we don't understand diversity? Because yeah. sometimes we need to think about mm-hmm. um, who is being funded, but mm-hmm. how do they determine and... If we don't have enough diversity on 
the fa the in the investors or the investment teams or whatever the lack of diversity is encoded in what they do and therefore it's highly unlikely that i'll be seen as a person that can be invested in mm -hmm. because i'm so different to them that, that's amazing like that's yeah that's such a that's like a point that i never even would have thought of and obviously in a in the same way but also completely differently mm. that's an issue that i think with a, a a business in the beauty industry um there's that worry i i pitch in front of a lot of people and there's usually always a response of i kind of lean back in the chair arms up i know nothing about nails mm. um i'm standing there going but i do i know everything that i need to there is to know about this business and mm. i'm telling you you just want to show them the numbers. Look yeah, at my numbers. Yeah, you know, at the nails. Yeah. you know, so, um, again, it's it's not, I think it runs, again, in prejudice, um, but on a completely different scale and a completely different level. But it, yeah. on some level, being a young woman pitching in front mm. of, and not always because um, there have been incredible men that have supported me, there have been incredible women that have supported me, but getting it, you do get a like, kickback of... Mm not my area of expertise mm -hmm. good luck I hope you find what you're looking for and with me that like angel investors I'm part of a really good ecosystem now I feel like really connected to the ecosystem in Scotland through the Royal Bank Entrepreneurial Accelerator Programme it's always such a long word every time I say <laughs> I'm like um Get all in. so but I feel like before that um I feel like at some point I may approach angel, angel investors mm -hmm. especially with a um I've got the three different businesses and I feel like um NAF stuff as a product business um has the potential to like be huge on a global scale but mm -hmm. um and I think there are definitely people that have a lot more expertise in taking products to market than I do mm -hmm. in that sense um and I think if there's an opportunity for someone to come in and make that happen I've got no problem giving them part of the business mm -hmm. for their investment and for their knowledge mm -hmm. but had I not have was I not in the um the circles that I'm in now through obviously my hard work as well but through meeting and pitching I would yeah. never ever feel confident going to an angel investor and maybe because of the industry or you yeah. as who you are and yeah. your background and it's and that makes me think that um part of the work is not necessarily working you know or considering yourself mm -hmm. for investment I think part of considering ourselves for investment lies in the networks mm -hmm. because yeah. the networks almost validate you and yeah. um again coming from my background i've had to you know build so much into networks mm -hmm. i know yeah. anybody in business needs to do that yeah. anyway but you have to then make sure you're validated yeah. you have to go to all these things people need to appreciate you so yeah. that when you're standing there they're like oh i know yeah you. because you know someone yeah. yeah we need to find um better places to network we need yeah. to find out what is actually available at different stages in our business mm -hmm. and actually how impactful it is and what yeah. a difference it can make yeah. because you're meeting like-minded people yep. and actually potential investors mm. and I mean I hate to say it but like other women that are potentially looking to invest who speak more of your language and speak yeah. closer to you that won't put their hands back and say I know nothing yeah. about nails yeah. even if they know nothing about nails yeah. um, uh, only one percent of women secure angel investors which I, I do find <laughs> really interesting one percent right and it's this is something that it just goes to show the unconscious bias. Everything yes. that you've been saying, Fiona, about not, you know, not being diverse enough in terms mm. of how you look, talk, think—it's mm. just 
astonishing that only 13% of senior people on UK investment teams are women. So if you're looking for mm. investment teams to start investing in women, that number needs to change. Mm, sure. But almost half, so 48% of investment teams have no women at all. Yeah. Also, just less than 1% of venture funding goes to all-female teams. And I'm sorry to chuck all those statistics at you, mm. but no, it was just, they no, really no. jump out at you, don't one you? Per, yeah. One percent. Yeah. One percent. Yeah. And <laughs> you seem really shocked. I, no, I am. Yeah. I'm so shocked. Like, I need to stop saying, oh, we're just doing nails, because I know that, like, yeah. our, that our that sense of community. Just, yeah, and it's, yeah. So, it's so just... You know, a little bit though, I like the under, I like the un people underestimate me when I walk into a room, and I like that um, I can be like, oh, we just do nails, but I employ nineteen people, and like my second business turned over almost two hundred thousand pounds in its first twelve months, you know, and then people are like, oh, oh hi, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, but yeah, I just think like we are very much about our community, you know, and it's not just in terms of clients coming in and getting their nails done it's it's so much more than that and we do try and work with our community and raise money when we can we have such a huge online um platform and mm. we do try and use it for good as much mm -hmm. as possible and connect and raise awarenesses of people raise awareness of people that are doing incredible things and yeah. um obviously we need to have a lot more conversations about what we can do together <laughs> but <laughs> but you just said something there about you you like it when people underestimate you yeah and i think uh, we use that to our advantage as well. Yeah. You know, when you yeah. get in and somebody just We're a bit contrary, aren't we? Yeah. Tell me no one more time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that though. You get that same fire that I've got. I'm like, I I'll show you. I will show you. You know. Well, when we talk about networking, I mean, already, you yeah. know, there's a lovely connection between between you both. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm. I've mentioned that I used to work for the Scottish Human Rights Commission and I'm sure yeah. there's conversations and people even that you know I could connect you with I would want to come in and get my nails done yeah. and, and take some pictures in the salon because it's so Instagrammable yeah. it's it like so Instagrammable yeah but it's isn't it wonderful that that the strength of networks and the strength yeah, yes. of meeting other people like-minded people yeah. that you have similar interests with yeah. I think a lot of the times people are like they don't. They hear the word networking, and again, it's a mm. very corporate term. And they mm. think they like that we're networking right now, mm. you know. And um, by speaking to each other, we access like each other's networks. And I think sometimes I think if only there could be a different word for it. But I think this sense of community is a great word and ecosystem, which I've learned recently. Mm. But it, you know, like the like the ecosystem of your community, like people are connected in so many different ways, and mm. um. And I think a lot of the times people think, oh, Tammy's just getting listened to now or Tammy's getting the, this platform to speak because, you know, the social media following that the business has got or because she knows so many people. Mm. And mm. I know so many people because I get out and I meet them yes. and I talk about myself to and my incredible business and the incredible people and who work for me. And you're very unguarded. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> what you see is what you Nothing's get. Nothing's a secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But I think talking about money, I think people sometimes like do a double take because I'm so open about mm -hmm. money and the cost of things. And, and it's something that I had to learn with my team that whenever we were growing, I was very, very open about money. But now I know how to talk to my team about money and about like how to say to them, we have no money, but don't be scared because we do have money. But or like we don't have money for that particular project, but we do have money for this. And I used to talk in figures, but now I talk to the team in pictures. So I often will use pie charts ah. just to say, this is us. 
this is what and like I actually presented them a pie chart um, that was unlabeled and I gave them a, a, in a team meeting one morning because I'm there learning was, here. Yeah, <laughs> there was conversations about um, pay rises, which I would I would give everyone. You do not know the salaries I would put my team on if I could, you know. Mm. But the reality is a certain amount of money comes into the business and it has to be get divvied out proportionally, you know. So I gave them a pie chart and it was unlabeled and I handed it out to the team and I said, I want you to write down what you think wages are, what you think um, VAT is, what you wow. think rent and what you think product is. Just because I wanted to get an understanding of what they thought the business looked like. And um, everyone knew that the wages portion was the biggest portion because that's we talked about it a lot and it, we yeah. are providing a service that very much rep- relies on one person doing one thing to make X amount of money. But the the biggest surprising thing was the second big por- biggest portion was actually that, but everyone thought that the second biggest portion was product costs. Um, and product cost was this tiny little sliver. So it, it was great to actually do that because mm-hmm. I could say to them, so when we were having the conversation of we should spend by this because it's a pound less, this is why I'm not that bothered because we need to figure out how we're going to bring That's down, amazing. you know. Um, that is fantastic. And it's just speaking to people about money in a way that they understand because I don't yeah. understand. I am, I have traditionally thought I've been terrible with numbers and I still say it sometimes, but I'm trying to catch myself now. I'm not terrible with numbers. I just don't understand them in the traditional way. I'm a very visual learner. Fantastic. And I need to know many numbers. of us are. Yeah. I think it's a fabulous way that you're adapting as well and that you're still learning a lot about yourself as a leader Yeah. as well. I and mean, Sorry, I'm really no, going, no. but I just think when going for funding, it's very, very important to understand how you understand numbers because yeah. you you're asking for money, so people yeah. need to know that you're going to know to what to do with that money if they're yeah. going to give it to you. So it's it, it's you need to find a way to communicate numbers. And for me, I very much need to take a fact sheet with me with the numbers down, and I I have to communicate that it's not that I don't know my numbers. I just want to be sure because two and four in my head are the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's like a dyslexia know. that some it people is. have as well. It's yeah. very similar. Seeing even especially sequential, and sequential numbers, not knowing me. bus numbers and things. I think that's yeah. it's a very sort of normal thing. Yeah. But also yeah. wonderful that you're working your way around it and you're yeah. finding new ways of doing things. And yeah. I think it's really important that everyone finds their own way of doing what works for them and what's yeah. best for them. Yeah. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people listening to this that are either mm. thinking of starting a business or mm. they already have one and they're thinking of growing their business and it'd be great to know based on your experience and what you've learned what your advice and what your essentially your top tips would be so Fiona I'm gonna hand over to you and you're gonna run down your top tips for us okay the first thing we've talked about it network 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 we can't emphasize it enough I didn't realize how important it is, but it runs into the whole business. It runs into whether you get investment, it runs into who buys your services, it runs into who speaks about your business behind. Mm -hmm. In the room when you are not there, it just, network just does it because the person that you're talking to may not necessarily buy your service, but they'll talk to another person, to another person who then needs your service. Mm -hmm. So network is really, really, really important. You have to get out. But the other thing is, if you're thinking of starting a business, start anyway. Think about why you want to do it, not what you want to make out of it. Mm -hmm. Think about why you want to do it and go for it. Because when you're starting out, the fear is maybe I don't have the money Mm -hmm. or maybe who's going to buy. But people buy people. And so if you're clear with with why you're doing it, people will buy into that. Mm -hmm. And also... It's really important that you go for it because 
perhaps you're bringing something to the table that we need and you're holding us back. So please do something about it. Don't hold the rest of us back. Yeah. And the other thing that I would say, and I know that coming from, again, my background, we don't do this, but actually research is important. <laughs> yeah, do research. Who could invest in what you're doing? What, what, who else is doing it? How are they doing it? How are they not doing it? So... A bit of research is mm. really important, mm-hmm. but don't let it hold you back. Mm-hmm. Just do it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Those are very yeah. Good I mean, advice. it's fabulous advice, and obviously I've thoroughly enjoyed researching you both <laughs> doing this programme. Um, Tammy, what advice would you give to people who, as I say, are either starting up their businesses or they're looking to grow them and they're thinking about where on earth they're going to get the money from? I think to start, if you're starting a business and you've, you're not doing anything, like you're not trading at the moment, just please give yourself a bit of time. Mm. Give yourself a bit of time, like listen to the, the pitfalls we've both had is, you know, we did hit the ground running and you don't get that, you don't ever get that time back when you're running your own business. You don't ever get that time to lay the foundation. So just yeah. do it when you're not got your head in the game every single day. Um, secondly, like look, look, in your local community, look at government, look at um, resources around you. So yeah. um, find somewhere where you can work with like-minded people and have people that are going to challenge you. When you run your own business, you're very much in your own bubble. Mm. Um, if I was to pitch in front of my team, they'd all clap and say I was brilliant because, mm. you know, I'm their boss. But, <laughs> but at the end of the day, the yeah, and at the end of the day, you have to take the feedback. Like, you just have to, and sometimes yeah, it's can. not great to hear, but feed, like, as long as it's from people that you trust and you respect, the feedback is always going to help you more. And even if the, you don't agree with the feedback, you can at least assess why you don't agree with the feedback and use that to push yourself forward. Yeah. Um, again, like we spoke about earlier, if you're going to borrow money from anyone that you know on a personal level, I would um, definitely just find your own independent solicitor, tell them the points that you want involved in the contract and get them to speak the contract to you in your own terms. Um, it'll just save you a lot of, um, just a lot of personal heartache in the future and also it could save your business as well. Um and yeah just be resilient don't get disheartened like we've had so many knockbacks between us and I think like that kind of if you feel passionately about what you're doing it's just that I'll show you like just think about what Fiona would do if somebody told her no (laughs) (laughs) what would Fiona do yeah and you're gonna it's gonna take over your whole life so you better be passionate about it you know um and then the last one is just um don't be disheartened if you don't if you don't understand numbers I still trip over my numbers all the time and it is frustrating because I I know that they're right um but don't be disheartened if you aren't an expert in every field because that's why you have their support network around you and there'll always be somebody that can show you the right way or explain something to you in your terms and it it doesn't mean that you're not clever it just means that your your brain power is better spent on something else that you are good at yeah. Today has been, it's been so lovely speaking to you both. Yeah, it's been, we've laughed a lot, too. which yeah. has been great. Um, An investment. <laughs> I know. Such a dirty word, though, isn't it? Investment. We have laughed a lot, but we've heard some amazing stories and got some great advice from you both. I can't thank you enough. Fiona Matovi, thank, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, Tammy Kozlowski, it's been lovely to meet you, you and chat so to you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted yeah. to meet you too. Oh. <laughs> it was just amazing. Great. I can't believe that we met here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Zara. Thank you. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to Royal Bank of Scotland's Ask for More podcasts, breaking down the barriers to women starting and running successful businesses.